If you have your Bibles, be opening them up to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Actually, uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Uh, I, I want to I jump right into our text this morning, and for the sake of time, uh, things are going to go a little bit, a little bit, I'm going to do something you folks didn't think I could do, okay? I'm going I'm to preach a short sermon. Um, you, you think I'm just ready for everybody to get back, back here so people will be here. No, I want, I want the time restraints gone. Um, but, but I wanted us to look at this text in Mark chapter 5 because I think, I think there's a message to us today. And the truth is, I think there's a message to us no matter what place in life we find ourselves. It's, it's a story out of the life of Jesus when, you know, things are just incredibly, incredibly hectic. Uh, we, we find him going back and forth from the crowds of people to, to the healing of the demoniac to, to going back across the, the, the sea. And everywhere that he goes, there are people that, that they want to they see Jesus. They want to talk to Jesus. They want to they get a little bit of his time. And so there in verse 21 of Mark chapter 5, we just begin to read, when, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. So everybody wanted a piece of Jesus, right? Just a little bit of his time, just a little bit of, uh, of what he could do. Earlier in the book of Mark, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 32, the text says, At evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city gathered together at his door. I mean, you just kind of picture what, what his life would have been like at that time. Right? It's, it's just in the very next chapter that we're going to read about, you know, he's, he's got 5,000 people who are there, and he's the one who's got to do something about how, how, do, you, how do you feed all these people? And, and it's not one of these nice orderly lines. It's not, you know, everybody practicing social distancing like we've been doing for the last couple months. I mean, th th this is just the, the masses of people who are all trying to get to one singular point. You, you ever been to places like that? where you got the big crowd, and they're all trying to get in to, to talk to this one person or, or to see this, this one individual. You ever been to like, to like Disney World, right? I mean, and, and they're at, at the gate. It's like just the masses of people are all pressing in. I don't know. That's what came into my mind. But I just let you know, Jesus was an incredibly busy individual. And for that reason, we constantly see himself pulling away, Right? going up to the mountaintop, creating time to pray, to commune. But anyways, th this is one of those times when the people were gathering together to him. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So, so not only are all, the, are there all of these people who want a piece of Jesus, but there are certain people of incredible prominence, right? 
We, we all know people, people who, have, who have prominence, right? People who, uh, you know, um, they, uh, maybe people want, want a piece of your time, and not everybody has, uh, I think about it like this, not everyone has your cell phone number, but some people have your cell phone number, right? Like you, you, those people, I mean, you love everybody, but you can't help everybody. But there are some people when they call, listen, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that maybe a little bit more attention. It's human nature, right? That, that, that's the way that people work. Well, this is the individual who is, who is the leader of the synagogue, right? This is the, the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus. And so I'm just thinking whenever, whenever he calls, you might give that a little bit more attention, Sometimes, I'll be quite honest, sometimes as, as, as a preacher, I find that people will give me a little more attention than sometimes they'll give other people, right? Sometimes they give me less attention. There's another side to that coin. But sometimes it's like, oh, the, 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 the preacher's calling. I, I'm sure, well, it's just, it's just reality, right? Well, Jairus is coming. He has something, but he's not just wanting something insignificant. His daughter is sick. I mean, he's not just coming with a power play. He's coming with his child. His little daughter lies at the point of death. I'm not just asking you to do something because of who I am. I'm asking you to heal my little daughter who's about to die if you don't do something. And so Jesus does what Jesus does. He goes off with this man on a very important mission to heal a little child. I mean, can, can you think of much more important things to be doing on a day-to-day basis? We, we talk about our healthcare professionals and, and how much we love them and appreciate them and the, and the sacrifices that, that they make on a daily basis, but especially those who are taking care of children. I mean, you, you, ever, you ever watch one of those... Uh, St. Jude's uh, telethon programs, and I mean, you're not even intending to watch it, and there it is, and the next thing you know, you're like sending them money that you don't have because maybe it'll help you stop crying. I mean, it's just like, oh, I mean, I've got to give some attention to that, right? It's, it's where my mind goes is this very important person comes with a very important mission, and Jesus says, okay, let's go. Let's, let's, let's go to where she is, and even as he's going, the people are crowding around Jesus. Because, listen, other people have daughters, and other people have sicknesses, and other people have problems. And, and listen, maybe just like Zacchaeus, and they're just getting up in the tree, because if Jesus comes to town, you don't want to be the one person who didn't see Jesus when Jesus came to town, right? And so these, these, this mass of people, uh, uh, I don't know if you've watched the, the, this Last Dance do- documentary that's being on ESPN, but it's all about Michael Jordan. And it was interesting to me how they just basically there was a little segment talked about how miserable his life was at times because everywhere he went, there was just an unending mass of people who wanted his autograph, who wanted his attention, who wanted this, who wanted that. And anyways, it wore him down and he made a bajillion dollars. I don't feel too sorry for him. But but, but that's kind of what's going on here as Jesus is going along. So that's the context of, of this. Now, while this is going on, we come to the, really to the text that I wanted us to get to. These crowds of people are coming. Verse 25 tells us, There was a certain woman in the crowd. To understand that every crowd is made up of individuals. 
Our crowd this morning is made up of individuals. And, and we look at the crowds, right? If you're watching online and you're worried about our... We don't have a lot of people here, but we got, we got enough people here. Every crowd is made up of individuals. We don't always think about that. But you have a life, and 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 you have struggles, and you have things you're dealing with, and you're thinking about this, and you're thinking about that. Every one of us, and they're all different. I mean, and I, I do too, right? So in this mass of people, we're going to find out about one singular woman. There was a certain woman who had a flow of blood, a hemorrhage, for 12 years. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better. But rather, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes... I will be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. This woman, this woman that we read about, was hurting. She was dealing with an incredible difficulty in her life, and it wasn't something that was passing, and it wasn't something that was easy. She was hurting in so many different ways. But, but this is what I think connects with us, because we read about how she was, how about how she was hurting physically. For, for 12 years, she had had this issue of blood. Some of you, right? This is, this is everybody who's 50 and up, and all of you guys always tell me, right, even before services about, you know, getting older, and it's difficult, and we, we learn this word uh, of, of issues that become chronic issues, right? It's just the, the way of life. Like, I guess that's just always going to hurt like that. I guess we're just always going to struggle like that, and sometimes those things become very debilitating, and, and, and you have issues that maybe they won't kill you, right? But, 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 but the doctor can't, they can't get rid of it. They, they, they can't help you with it. So whatever it was, this woman had this, had this issue of blood, and she'd had it for the last 12 years. 12? That's a long time, guys. That's over a decade that she had been hurting, and she not only had the issue, had the issue but, but the text says that she had actually suffered because of her time going to the doctor. And, and some of you know what that means, to have a surgery and to think, man, I wish I hadn't had that surgery, right? I mean, that, that, that was a big mistake. And, and if we have those issues today, I mean, you think back, back throughout history at some of the crazy things that have come from, from the medical profession, right? I mean, this, I mean, this idea of like, we're, we're going to bleed people to death to get all the bad blood out. Well, People suffered from those things. People died from those things. So it doesn't really tell us what, what, exactly what happened, but there was something that was physically that was going wrong with her. But, but her hurting, I'm not just reading about somebody who was sick. This was somebody who was hurting spiritually, right? Because if she had this issue of blood, you read the law, this was someone who was ceremonially unclean. And we don't always think in terms of, of, of people being ceremonially unclean, but let me just tell you that, that people thought a lot about that. So, so this idea of going to the temple, this idea of going to the synagogue, 
That's not an option for this woman. She's too dirty for worship. She's too unclean for worship. We, we've struggled. Some of you have struggled with this, with, with the, with, with, you know, we've been online and we haven't, we haven't been coming together, but you haven't done it for the last 12 years. I mean, if you could try to picture and extrapolate what, what that would be like in your mind, this was a woman who, who was cut off in many ways from, from the spiritual help that she so desperately needed. And if she was spiritually cut off, you understand that she was socially cut off. I mean, because if you're unclean, if you're unclean, then, then you know, if you touch someone else, it would make them unclean. Remember, this is all that Old Testament stuff that we, we go over and we say, ah, it doesn't apply to me, but it did apply to her. Because her uncleanness, it was, well, guys, it was contagious. And so all this social distancing, and I didn't shake one hand this morning. How weird was that, right? How weird was that? I, Tony Creekmore didn't even give me a hug this morning, right? How weird was that? This was a woman who had no touch. No interaction, because she was unclean. Even to be in the midst of this crowd was, was, I mean, she was pushing the envelope. This is something that she wouldn't have typically done. Can you imagine? I mean, not even your children or your husband or your grandchildren. Have some of you guys missed your grandchildren over the last few weeks and the last few months? Yeah. Of course you have. I, I've, I mean, as even some of you that are here this morning, right, and you're kind of pushing the edge of should I be here, should I not be here, and several, multiple numbers of you have said, I just need to be there, right? I just need this. This woman had been struggling for 12 years. She was struggling spiritually, physically, socially. She was struggling financially. I mean, Come on, I, I, I pay doctor's bills too, trying to, trying to get to the end of these things. And she had for the last decade, and that's what she said. She had spent everything that, that she had, but she was no better. No better. I mean, I, you know, I, my kids go to the orthodontist, and I make the joke every time I go in there, how's the new boat? You know, they never laugh. I tell it every time I go, okay? They keep taking money out of my account, right? I mean, that's, we, we, we understand that, but at least my kids have straight teeth, right? This woman, no results. So, I mean, I'm struggling financially, and I've thought about people. I mean, how many people? Multiple numbers of people, some you're not probably not even aware of, who have lost their job, who have had their job scaled back, who have had their pay cut, who, who, ha, who have the fear of those things even going forward. I mean, that, that's the world we live in, Right? And some people are prospering greatly, but not everybody. Some people are suffering greatly. And so here's this woman, here's this woman who all of these things have been going on in her life. And, and the text says, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, I heard there's someone who can help me. I heard about that. It almost took me back when John, when John said our song of invitation is, and I thought, huh, I haven't heard a song of invitation in almost two months, right? This moment that we're going to have when we say, if you're here and you need the Lord, now would be a good time to come. We would love it if you would come, right? Come, repent. Come, be baptized. Come, confess your sin. Come, ask for the prayers of the church. This is the time. We haven't had one of those in almost two months. 
But can I tell you what's so awesome is that, is that just because we haven't had one of those, listen, doesn't mean people haven't been growing in their faith. Doesn't mean people haven't been being baptized into Christ. Doesn't mean that people aren't being challenged spiritually. If we had time, I would go into those things, but, but that's the encouragement, right? Nobody asked this woman to come, but she just heard about Jesus, and she said, I'm going to get myself there. I'm going to get myself there in that crowd where I might not normally go. That's where I'm going. After she heard about Jesus, and she said, if I could only touch his garment, I would be healed. I must get to Jesus. I want us to understand that we live in a world. What this woman understood was that her only hope was Jesus. Guys, that's our only hope. That's the only hope that we have in the world. Our greatest hope is not to have a a vaccine. You know, our our greatest hope is is not social distancing. Our our, our greatest hope is not the the latest stimulus bill. It's not doctors. It's not politicians. It's not any of that. Are those bad things? No. I'm glad we have all those things. I hope, I hope that all those things continue. I'm, I'm all over. But to understand that all of those things, listen, they only come by the Lord. They only come through Jesus, through, through our Heavenly Father. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean you come to Jesus and somehow you're immune to, to these things. It doesn't mean that. It might mean that. I believe God can protect us. I believe that. I hope, hope you do. I hope you, hope you believe that prayer actually does something. But it might not mean that. Sometimes God doesn't always give the things that I think are the right things, right? Sometimes to, 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 my, to my pain and to your pain, but, but I understand all of that. But to understand that Jesus is our only hope. If, if, if our current distress has taught us anything, has it not taught us how fragile we are? In a world where we think we have it all figured out, in a world where we like to think about we can do this and we can do that and we understand this and we have this virus that has brought the greatest nation in the history of the world to its knees, our economy that was booming in ways that it hasn't boomed maybe ever, and now it has fallen apart. Our, our medical field, which, which does amazing things that just blow my mind on a, on a regular basis. Now say the only thing we can do, the only thing you can do to, to, slow the, to slow this cause, we live through this, you just need to go home and don't interact with other people. What, what are they saying? We can't stop this. We don't have a shot. We don't have a pill. We don't have all these things. Guys, if, if we as a, as a church, as a people, as a family, as a nation, as a world, don't get the message that we're not as big as we thought we were, then i got to say, well, well, are we really listening? This woman understood, listen, the doctors can't cure me. I don't have enough money to buy my way out of this. I, I, the, the, I, I'm in a terrible place what's the answer the answer i have to get to jesus paul said in colossians 1 verses 16 and 17 for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things watch this and in him all things hold together so i've just got to get 
to Jesus. If I just could touch his garment. And she does, and she's healed. And I wish we had time to get into this, but I promised you we'd be out by 10. And not as good as I thought I was. It's a humbling, it's a humbling thing. But, but she's healed in this moment. And, and Jesus knows about it. Jesus knows about it. I mean, as, as he goes, goes through the crowd, we, we read that, he, that Jesus answered and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched me? What a ridiculous question. I mean, once again, it's kind of like you're standing in line at Disney World and you, and you say, Did somebody touch me? Yeah. Okay, half the world touched you. Okay, that's, just the, that's the way the crowds work. No, 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 no. Someone touched me. The fact that Jesus is our only hope is not good news if he doesn't know that we have struggles. That's not good news if he doesn't know and he doesn't care. It is good news because he does know. And he does care. Even in the midst of the crowd, I don't know about your life, but Jesus knows about your life. Jesus knows about what's going on. We, we read, guys, we, we read, we read in, in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not believe the lie that we serve a God who is just a God of the big things. Our God, your God, knows. He knows what's going on in your life at this exact moment. I may not know, but God knows. And He is the one that has the power to do something about it. So this woman comes and she just throws herself before the Lord, telling, telling I hope that you see this in the text, the whole truth. Listen, we, we, we don't hide anything from the Lord. We just take what we have. Because it's my fault, as Donnie reminded us. I got plenty of struggles. He already knows about that. But he wants me to bring it to him. And so, and so we said to this woman, go in peace. I hope that you leave our worship this morning. I hope that you leave this place in peace. Not because all your problems are gone. I'm not that good, right? But because you came to the Lord. And when you come to the Lord and you know that He is in control and that He knows about your struggles and that He is striving in the midst of your struggles, listen, I can leave this place with a peace that passes all understanding. That's what God can give to you that no one else can. No politician, no scientist, no great orator, only God. Only God can enable you to go in peace because you know that He is in control. I don't know. I, I thought about this idea of a quarantined life. For whatever that's meant to you, I think that this woman knew it way better than we do. She lived it for 12 years. But then she heard about Jesus. So my challenge to you this morning, and, and I know our makeup here and online is, is different in so many ways, but my challenge to you is to get yourself to Jesus. You find a way, whether it's to march down this aisle or it's to drive up to this church building, or to some other group of, of, of God's believers, and you get to Jesus, because He is our only hope. 
And we're going to extend an invitation. And it's an invitation for many things. Maybe there is sin that has crept into your heart. Maybe, maybe this period of quarantine has exposed within your heart a real hesitancy to trust in the Lord. And if so, you need to return to the Lord. Maybe this time has, has awoken this idea that, you know what? There's very real things going on there, and life is very short and not certain. And I know that I'm not right with God. I don't want to leave this place not right with God. So I want to be baptized into Christ and have His blood flowing in my life. Maybe you're just overwhelmed. And you need to bring your burdens and cast them upon Him. Whatever your need is this morning, whatever the struggle you find in your life, you come to Jesus as we stand and as we sing.